Adam Wade is a successful storyteller, teacher, performer, and audio creator in New York. This is from a live stream that we did. How do people make it in New York? I mean, seriously, like, I mean, you're a successful storyteller and you have this successful Audible content going. What's that like to try to get your get your work noticed over there? It's a struggle. I mean, you know, you're, you're constantly uh, struggling, uh, which, you know, with the with the classes we take uh, online and, and these in these groups we're in together uh, and, and they're, you know, a lot of people are coming to these classes and speaking. You take uh, great comfort, Margaret, knowing that other people uh, are always struggling. You know, and I'm reading a lot of books, listening to books on like the William Morris Agency and a lot of just like things. And it's just how how all these, you know, you think they're stars and they just get all these projects greenlit. Like right. there's there's just so much failure for all of it. Um, but I, I think it's growing. And, you know, I don't want to say failure, but. And I think that's with me, too. I mean, you know, you just keep plugging, you just keep plugging away. And it's weird. People outside of, you know, your your kind of like work bubble or whatever, just think it's easy. And and it's not. Uh, But I love it. And I love being creative. Uh, You know, I would love to, you know, have a TV show and be writing, writing that and, you know, and focusing fully on that. Uh, But, you know, I had a show last night in Beacon, New York. Uh, the Artichoke Show, um, Drew and uh, John, it, w- it was like a great show. We w- I went up there and I, you know, with the pandemic, I just forget how much I really, truly enjoy performing live as well, Mark. Okay, so you were in the sure. Moth and so every time, you know, every time I'm in something with you, you say uh, you're a 20 time Moth winner. How does the Moth work? I've heard it only on NPR. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So there's, there's, a, there's, there's several things that, that, that the Moth does now as a nonprofit. Um, they do a lot of community storytelling, uh, which is great. Um, they also have Moth Story Slams, which I, for a majority of my time, which, which, that's what I did with the Moth, where um, they'll give you a theme uh, a, a few weeks prior to the event. You can buy tickets and anybody can put their name in the hat. And what the rules are is you need to tell a story five to six minutes. It's got to be a true story based on the theme. And, um, you know, and it's, yeah, and, and see what you got and see what you got. So it's open to everybody and you should be the main character in, in the story. And uh, then they have judges there. They have judges uh, and they just pick them up. Like, you know, whoever's like waiting in line, they'll ask, like, is anybody telling a story here? Do you want to judge? So they'll have three judges. So it's almost like the Olympics. So as the night goes, they pick one name, then the next name, then the next name and everybody, they tell their stories they get there's there's judges and uh, they take a nice intermission. They usually say it's a 15 minute intermission. It's it's usually a little uh, longer, but that's a good thing because you get to talk to your friends um, and build a community, which 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 we did uh, doing the, the slams. Then we come back the next five. And then at the end of the night, they look at the score. Whoever has the most points, you know, scale one to ten uh, wins. So, um, yeah. And who's judging the audience? There's small groups in the audience. They'll pick small, three small groups. Uh, and the other thing that Margaret, that the moth has is uh, a main stage. So at first in the New York years, they would just perform mainly like at the Players Club um, in, on Gramercy uh, in, in New York. Sometimes they would do, uh, I think it's Cooper Union, Copper, Cooper Union. They would perform there. Sometimes, and, you know, it, as it continued to grow, now it's, 
all over the place. But um, for me, I was lucky that I got to to do the main stage with with you know it, it's more it's longer stories, not five to six, more like eight, you know ten to twelve minute stories. But you get to tour. I got to tour the country um, and parts of Mexico and and Toronto with the moth. Uh, so as, as part of their main stage and their curated stories, they help you and work with you on on that particular story. And um, yeah, it, it was wonderful. Yeah, just a wonderful experience. And then from that, of course, it grew out uh, the Moth Podcast and the Moth Radio Hour. And as as these things were continuing to build, then they started to have story slams in Chicago, in Los Angeles, and, and it just it just kind of exploded, you know. And uh, you know, it was on uh, the uh, HBO's Girls with Lena Dunham, and uh, that really, you know really gained a lot of traction as well uh, oh, mean and i right. happen to be on that i happen to be on that episode if you watch what okay wait let, wait let yeah, me yeah, yeah. Well, first of all let me i want to ask you about that but first of all how did you get to yeah. travel with them they uh they they have curated main stage shows um and they started booking you know i i got to go in, you know and they asked me to go i mean they, but how did you the, how were you selected answer. like is it because you won a lot or your stories were good or what? They just chose you or what? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's a strong possibility. Oh, you don't know how you got chosen. They just asked you. No, yeah, I think that had something to do with it. Yeah. Nice. And then how are you on Girls? My gosh, let's talk about that. What was that? Like? Yeah, so so they so they did like a moth episode. And um, at the time, I had just been on Amy Schumer, inside Amy Schumer twice. And the, they had the same casting department. And I knew from comedy from, you know, the early aughts, um, a person that was in the uh, casting department and they said, We're, we have to cast like storytellers and people at a moth story slam. Like we have to cast Adam Wade. So they, they cast me. I think my my name, the credit or whatever, like when they gave me the sheet was like uh, moth. Uh, knowledgeable moth person or something like that. So, and, and I, and I have like a line, you know, uh, when you're telling stories at the moth, one of their main things is that you cannot use notes. You're not supposed to use notes. So Lena, Lena Dunham's character had notes, Hannah. And I said, Hannah, no, like, you, like, what are you an idiot? You can't, you, I, 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 I'm not a very good actor. It's like, what are you, an idiot? You can't use notes, you know? And, uh, and so uh, she, she got all upset and then she ran on stage without her notes. So that was my line. And when we did them, I'm not, uh, I'm known through the moth community as being someone uh, that is complimentary and, and gives comfort to people, not one that uh, will yell at people, the rules. Um, so it was, uh, it was again, uh, my part was against type, but uh, I, as, as far as, uh, Lena Dunham and Jenny, who was directing that episode, they said I uh, nailed it. Good. Well, let's go back to Amy Schumer. What did you do for her? Sure. What did you do? Um, I was in a sketch called, and you can YouTube it. It's called Hello, My Lady. And uh, it's with Neil Casey and um, with um, with Amy. And then, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was uh, like a bunch of nerds, other nerds kind of characters. So, yeah. And uh, Christine Nagel, the, the Christine that, were, that spoke to our class, uh, she, she was uh, uh, a couple of classes ago. She, she was also in that. Yeah. And how did you get that? I believe I, I went into audition for it, but I believe in New um, York. Yeah. One of the executive producers was Jesse Klein, um, who has a new book out that's terrific. Uh, Google her. Um, but she, uh, 
she was an executive producer for Inside Amy Schumer, and and they uh, and I used to do comedy with her from when I moved here. Uh, she's incredibly talented, and uh, I think that had a hand in my casting. I believe. Wow. Okay. And then, what was it like to be on that show? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I was very nervous, Margaret, the first day going in because um, I hadn't been. I'd never. I'd been on Conan a bunch of times. Conan O'Brien, the late night with Conan O'Brien. But there were small part, like very, very small parts. Uh, this I actually had a line, um, and I was nervous. Uh, maybe a couple lines, I, I should say. I mean, you know, uh, I, it got me in the SAG uh, right. screen oh, actors. You're in SAG after too. So you're yeah. not just, you're, not yeah. just oh, yeah, yeah. you're also SAG after all? No, yeah, I'm a multi-union oh, okay. uh, person. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think. So I, I went in and, and and I did the audition. And um, and oh, and I went in, I was really nervous. And I'm at the craft services and Amy Schumer walked right, 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 right to me. And she said, hi, Adam. Um, I'm so happy you're here. And she talked to me for like two minutes. I mean, you know, she was busy. It's her show. But uh, she took the time to do that. And again, I had like one line. But she was so nice and authentic. Nice. And I, I swear, like all it takes for me is if I feel relaxed, I'm good to go. I don't know how great of a performer I am, but I, I if I'm relaxed, I know I'm a better performer. And she was just very, very, very nice. And as well as Lena Dunham. When I, I mean, these are the like two main parts of it. But we were there on like the stairway at Housing Works Bookstore in uh, on Crosby Street uh, in Soho. And we were there and she, we, we were talking about Hoboken. Her boyfriend at the time had performed at Maxwell's many times in Hoboken. And she was just really nice too. And, and, and once again, it was very authentic. It wasn't like a phony nice. It was, she was genuinely asking me a lot of questions about the moth, this and that. And um, yeah, and I was so comfortable. I mean, that's why I was at, that, that part was actually more difficult because like I had to yell at her after she was like really nice to me. When you so I, I assume that these shows were produced in LA. Are they totally New York shows or no? What? Yeah, both in New York, both in New York. Yeah. Well, so fortunately, that, fortunately. Yeah, because I, I always assume that visual stuff is in LA. But what's that like to you know live in New York for a while and then get in these shows? You know, not just to I mean, be was, writing yeah. or. It was a good run. I mean, it, it all happened like um, it all happened like like very very quickly. Um, it was like the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I put my first album out, my uh, comedy storytelling album. It's called uh, The Human Comedy, uh, Adam Wade. Uh, it's free on YouTube. If you, if you do go to YouTube after this podcast, um, it, it's there. And um, and if you want to buy it, it's on Amazon. Um, but uh, yeah, like that came out. Um, it did very well. I started working on, on some projects and then I got cast in both of those shows within like a couple months. And um, and then I had a New Yorker piece, you know, right after that. Uh, Sarah Sarah Larson uh, wrote wrote uh, a, a long piece about me uh, profile in the New Yorker. That Wait it was a lot that had a lot to do with um, with with the girls episode in the moth. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So you you got on these shows and this album and so forth without an agent. Without an agent. So you don't manager. necessarily need an agent to get in TV or streaming or whatever. Okay. Well, I guess well, you, don't. I don't you did. Okay. And so I mean, then you wrote it. So how did they, the New Yorker, how did that happen? The woman that wrote that article, um, I, I had gone to a Yankee game with years ago. <laughs> um, a friend of mine got a, a friend of mine worked for uh, 
late night with Jimmy Fallon and he got tickets to the Yankees Red Sox game. Oh, that's exciting. And, um, behind, and it was Lauren Michaels tickets behind home plate. So I was on, I mean, I'm, you know, I was on TV on Fox sports, you know, like for a Yankee Red Sox game, we were behind, behind the plate. It was like, it was, uh, Patrick Broey, um, Greg Johnson and Sarah Larson and myself. And we, we sat behind there. It was great. It was, it was one of the greatest things. We had sandwiches before. I was very upset because we had sandwiches before. And when we went there, I mean, we could eat all, it was like all you can eat. So I, I was, I, but, and I, and that's in, in her. So like, I mean, I kind of stayed acquaintances with her and then um, she had listened to the album and loved the album. And uh, when she saw me on girls, she wanted, you know, it was like a timely thing. So she wrote a, a piece, she interviewed me and she wrote a piece Wow, which was incredible. really, yeah. And I mean, it's a great. I mean, she she gets me. You know, she gets what I'm trying to do. So what does that it, mean? It was what, really, is it, what does that mean that if somebody gets you, they know what you're trying to do? She kind of she like who I am. You know, I like a good sandwich. I like a good milkshake. Um, I like simple things. Um, and and my stories that I tell on stage. Um, kind of reflect the, the type of person I am. Nice. And so what are you trying to do? Like when, right you, when now, you tell your like, stories? Well, no, I mean, I don't mean professionally, but you said she gets what she gets me what I'm trying to do. What do you mean by that? What are you trying to do? You know, like um, extremely personal moments um, that could be possibly be universal and trying to connect to people, not hurting people, um, you know, trying not to hurt people, just trying to build people up and um, just my my view of the world, you know, and uh, yeah, with compassion, treat people with compassion. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff, like the love for the simple things. I mean, we we're just talking before about pizza. Uh, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm as comfortable getting a three dollar pizza uh, pizza or a two fifty pizza than I'm getting like a forty dollar pizza. You know, I mean, I'm not that's well, I'm less comfortable with that. I like, you know. And I like to talk to the pizza guy and I like to, you know, that, that kind of thing. So what's up with Conan and Brian? How did you, what did you do for him? Well, I was an NBC page. Uh, Margaret, when I moved here in 1998, I got a, uh, I lived at NYU for 10 weeks at um, Reuben Hall, which is on six, right, right near Washington Square Park. And I had um, eight, oh, 10 weeks to make it. You know, I had I literally 10 weeks to make it. I didn't know a soul here. Um, and if things didn't go well after 10 weeks, I was going to be taking the bus with my backpack and my guitar and my sheets back to New Hampshire. So I was able to get a job, which I still think after 24 years and two months is my, my biggest break. I was able to get a job in Times Square at a, a barbecue restaurant called Virgil's Barbecue. And they, they, they adopted me, they took care of me. Um, and finally, right off the, you know, within two weeks, I had a community and I had money coming in. So they helped me find housing in, in New Jersey by the George Washington Bridge, which is way up. It, it's, you know, we would take, to get to the Lincoln Tunnel into New York City, it would take about an hour. Uh, but, it was, but it was my own place. I got a basement apartment next to a cemetery. And, um, and they said, I go like, how do I break into showbiz? You know, and they all said like Regis Philbin had been an NBC page. You should try to be an NBC page. So what I would do is every other Monday after my shift, I'd work a lunch shift. My shifts were Saturday lunch, 
Sunday double, Monday lunch. So after my lunch shift on Mondays, I'd walk six blocks up to 30 Rock where uh, the building is NBC. And I go to the mezzanine and I drop off a resume um, and a cover letter for the NBC page program. And I did that for two years, almost two years. And uh, they finally called me back and they said, uh, you know, is this Adam Wade? And I go, yeah. And they go, uh, this is the NBC page program. And I got really excited. They're like, don't get too excited. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah. And it was like the head of the page program. And she said, she's like, um, you know, I'm looking at your resume. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's something, you know, you know, you went to Keene State College, you were a radio DJ and you've been working at Virgil's Barbecue. But like, Adam, I've, I've been here for a long time and uh, you're kind of like a joke in this office, not a bad joke, but like we, 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 we love it. Like it, it, it's, we know every other Monday when your resume is coming up. Like we know, and, and what, what happened was, I, you know, this goes to like, who are you and, and why you and what, why you perform? I got to know the male people very well in the mezzanine when I go up there. So they would make sure after about a month, after about probably four or five times bringing the resume, my little resume was up top. So when it would go up, it would always be on top. So they, so she's like, I got a stack of resumes here. You know, we, we I just, I've saved them just because you, you, you're, and she's like, I've been here a long time. No one's ever continued just to send resumes every other week. Um, so she's like, come in and talk to us. She's like, I can't guarantee you anything, but we'll give you a shot. And when I went in, you know, this is uh, interview skills 101 not to do, but I, I, I did a little crying. I did a little crying. You know, I was, I was scared. It was two years. I like the people at Virgil's, but uh, if you've ever waited tables in, in, in uh, a Times Square restaurant, it's busy. It's not like it's busy. It's you're, you're working. You're, you're on your feet. You're working. There's not a lot of downtime. Um, and uh, I connected to them and I got hired. So uh, when you're an NBC page, you have you do tours around the, the building and then you work particular shows. It's only a one year program, not like the TV shows. One year. Then they send you, they send you along um, and uh, you get to do different assignments. And then, Margaret, it's like a glorified intern, you know, and uh, one of the assignments I had was at Conan and uh, I really connected with the staff there, uh, particularly with uh, some of the writers, but mainly uh, some of the production staff and uh, including like the camera guys and the sound guys. Uh, they, they really, they really, so, and, and, and casting, the casting people were very, very nice there too. So every once in a while, they, they put me in like a bit, you know, and it was like a little extra money and it was nice, you know? So the, yeah, I got a couple bits in there and Conan was very nice. He was very nice to me always. Uh, uh, the great thing is years after, this is just a quick Conan O'Brien story. After I, I was the page there, it's all, I was a page there probably for about three months. And then I, I helped out. What I would do is I would drive uh, a production van with people if they were doing remote shoots. Shout out to Jason Chalemi, who was the production coordinator. I go like, you know, Central Park, we go all these places. Um, when they had Triumph, the, the talking dog, I would drive them around. Sometimes he'd knock on the car. I mean, he, he knew I was like a nervous guy, but he would knock. So I'd shut off the engine. Um, Robert Smigel. But um, uh, Conan, like I'd been doing that for about three or four years, like on and off. 
And um, one night we were filming something like way in Jersey, like in a, like a nice community. And he was, it was like, like, you could probably YouTube this, but he was like Christmas caroling. He was doing Christmas caroling and he had like carolers and he was just going to people's houses. It's like a really funny bit. Um, but he was freezing. It was really cold. And he got into my van because it was warm and he hadn't seen me in about two years. And he looked over and I go, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Wade. And, and it was just, it was just like the night. And I talked to him for about a, like, he's like, all right, I better, I, we actually have to work the, the, those people out there, but he, um, he's just a, he's a gem, gem, really good but guy. That, that's a good memory because think about all the thousands of people he deals with or hundreds of people. And the fact that he would remember you, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, so, I mean, I, I, totally. So when you say that you talk to these people and you get along with them, does it come from your smallish town? I mean, I'm just like putting in quotes, you know, your non-New York City background that people talk to each other or what's going on? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think part of coming here and not knowing a soul, um, you you have to be outgoing. I mean, you you know, and I'm I'm kind of a shy person, but you you in those in those senses, you have to be. So like when I worked at Virgil's, I mean, I, I constantly, this was 1998, I, I walk around with like a pad, I'd just be like, you know, where do you get a hot dog? You know, where, where's, where's, what's the difference between Grand Central Station and Penn Station? And I'd write all that down. So when I got to 30 Rock, um, it was very much the same type of thing. I knew it was a year. I have a, I, I mean, I knew this is like, I mean, they say it's harder to get in the page program than it is to get into Harvard. You know what I mean? And, and, and they turn away a lot of people. Um, they turned away me for two years. But I, I had this thing where I would go, you know, I, that whole year, Anybody I saw, I'd just walk up to them and I'd just say, like, what do you do here? And, um, you know, and I'd ask them questions. And what I found out was, like, people really liked telling me what they did. And I wasn't going up to, like, executives. I'd go up to the custodian. Like, what what, what do you do here? Like, I, I'm, I'm a custodian. But, like, what do you do? Well, I clean this floor. I do this floor. Uh, the security guides, what, you know, what do you do? I, I, where are you from? I'm from France. You know, why are you here now? Well, my wife, we, we came over. What did you used to do? I was a soccer star. You know, I, I'd find out all these things. So uh, one of my assignments in the building, this was probably one of my proudest moments in, in my 24 years here, uh, I was a, uh, a NBC page assistant to a very famous um, in, in TV tech um, studio operations vice president and uh, for like three months. And I'd, we'd walk to lunch together down the hall um, and people would say hi to me. And they'd all know my name. And I'd be like, hi, Jerry. Hi, Felix. This and, and he's like, you, you know more people than I do. And, and you've been here for six months. And it was just like, yeah, might, well, might be good to walk the halls you know, and talk to people. It's really great. Yeah, I think if I were ever an executive, I'd be walking the halls and getting to know people. Because I think sometimes people stay in their office and they're cut off. But well, they used to call me Rich. They used to call me Ritzy in, in, like in the commissary because um, I told you I was living NBC page program. Margaret, they charge you uh, 10 bucks. Uh, an hour, you get 10 bucks an hour. I mean, I, and I think it just barely went up, but it, I mean, for the longest time it was still 10 bucks. So I'm living in a basement apartment next to a cemetery in Fairview, New Jersey, trying to save some money so I can get out of the basement. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're a neurotic person and you're living in a basement next to a cemetery, you're, you're gonna start thinking about zombies uh, for real. Um, when it rains, I mean, you know, it was like crazy. Um, but so I'd always eat Ritzies. I'd have like a, I have one right here. I'm, I'm traveling. I, it's I I'd bring like a sleeve of Ritzies and I'd eat the Ritzies. And uh, the the guy that was the head of the commissary was a nice guy. I talked to him a lot, and he'd be like, "Hey, Ritzy." He started calling me Ritzy, 
And then other people started calling me Ritzy when I, because I need lunch. That's all I need. So one day he goes, nothing for nothing, Ritzy. Why are you always eating Ritzy's? And I'm like, listen, I live in a basement, this or that. I'm making $10 an hour. I'm trying to save up some money here so I can get out of the basement. And he gave me like, he was always like a funny guy, Margaret. And he just gave me like a sad look and he left. And he came back and he goes, um, come by my office tomorrow at 1145 and knock twice. Whoa. And I was like, all right. And it was kind of weird, you know? <laughs> so I, so I went over there and, and like I knocked twice and he opened the door and he had a, uh, a bag of chips, a Sprite and a, and a Turkey sandwich. And he said for now, every day, as long as you're a page, you come here at 1145, you knock on the door and you have lunch on me. So I was like those, I didn't meet Warren Michaels. I, I didn't have those kind of connections, but those were the connections that I had. And I think, if you're looking long term, you know, those were the those were the type of those were the type of connections I, I wanted to make. You know what I mean? And, and those are, you know, when you said how do you survive in New York, that's how I survive. But when you're when you were asking people about them, is it because you're naturally curious or did you have a plan or what? No, absolutely. I wanted I wanted to, I wanted to learn. I want the, the page program was like like graduate school. I probably learn more and, and you're, you're working there. You're working with all these kids like your own age and socially it was great. We went out to, to bars every night or went to shows, this or that. Um, but during that day, like I wanted every minute to me, every minute counted for something. I'd go in days I wasn't working. When I was finished being a page, I would still be going into the building because I worked weekends at uh, NBC Sports, but I didn't have a job for like about six months. I had made connections where I was in like a, a, a new media department. They had, they literally had a uh, cubicle for me. You know what I mean? I go in every day and it was because I talked to people. They, so most people thought I, I would use the, uh, if I needed to go see the NBC nurse, I mean, I was an employee, like a full-time because I was always there. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love New York. I mean, just you talking about all this makes me really think about New York because New York is so people oriented. I think I haven't been there it really in is. years. But that, that's the impression I get. Um, I went there several times and I haven't been there many years, but I just noticed a lot of people network intensely and some people do it in a kind of way that they want to get something, but some people do it like just to get to know people. And it seems like that's how people build what they want. It's just so great. Or you run into yeah. people or. Oh, it's a small world. It's a small community. And, and you know, the thing is when I moved here, um, the biggest fear I had from this kid from New Hampshire that just only knew New York through movies um, was that I wasn't going to meet nice people. And, you know, in 24 years, I got to tell you the countless, 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 like incredible humans that I've met, you know, in, in this time. So it's just, you know, there's, there's just a really, really good people. Here. I mean, I mean, anywhere there's jerks and there's this and that, but I've, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, you know, whether it's storytelling, whether it's Virgil's barbecue, whether it's, you know, the, the UN, I worked for UNICEF. I mean, just a lot of good people, a lot, a lot of good people. You're listening to the Radio Girl podcast with Margaret Larkin. And thanks to Jeff Davis, who's at jeffdavis.com. And you can see more live streams at the Radio Girl Facebook page and at YouTube slash Margaret Larkin. I will interview someone else live this month and early next month. So stay tuned. 
about getting in the page program, which you said was very difficult. Do you suggest that people are persistent like that? Like what suggestions do you have for people who want to get into some kind of difficult business? Think about what you want. You know, I mean, I, I was, I mean, there was times I was crying. I mean, there was one time, you know, after about a year and a half of dropping off the resumes there, um, I, uh, I came home and I went to like the AMP supermarket in Fairview to pick up some stuff. And I just, I, there's like a big rock in front of it. And I sat on the rock and I just started crying. Um, and, um, you know, you have, you know, these moments and, but, you know, there was like no way I was going to go back to New Hampshire. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you know, so I, I think having, having some sort of struggle and it seems like, I mean, you know, 24 years, still, still chipping away. They're, they're all tests, you know, I mean, and, and, and what you want, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm still going, I'm still going. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the storytelling thing. Cause I, I think you're a really great storyteller. How do you know how to do stories on the fly? For instance, at the moth, when they give you a theme. Yeah, I don't do them on the fly. Not, not, not doing them on the fly. It's called uh, preparation, preparation. So, I mean, they'll give you a top. I mean, some people might do it that way. Um, your success rate is, um, not as good, not as good. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say like, I haven't winged it or whatever. Um, it, it might've worked once or twice, uh, but your batting average is probably like 200 where if you, if, if me personally, if I prepare, it's probably like eight to 900, you know? So, so um, yeah, I put a lot of time into it. Yeah. yeah. So how do you create a yeah. good story? How do you do that? You teach it actually. Yeah. Actually, where do you yeah. teach storytelling? Yeah, I, I teach at the Magnet Theater. You can go to the magnettheater.com or you could go to adamwade.com slash classes. Um, for me, M Margaret, to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of stories. I, I, I you know, I, I work on my own stories. Um, it, it just, you know, if you're a writerly person, um, you know, these stories are five minutes, so you're learning how to edit. Um, I think I did a, a lot of my learning by being terrible on stage. Um, I think Steve Martin said it, um, getting up on stage, that, that's the key. Um, and going back to Conan, uh, the head writer at Conan at the time was a guy by the name of Mike Sweeney. I believe he still works with them and he has a podcast uh, that, that he talks about working at Conan show. I hope he's doing other things. Um, but besides talking about Conan, and I'm sure he is, he, he's an extremely talented guy, uh, with former lawyer, um, and his, uh, his, his, he took the time and, and I'm extremely grateful to him. He took about 10 minutes to talk to me when I was a page. So this was a higher profile person I was talking to at the time. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm an NBC page. I'm talking to the head writer for Conan, um, about comedy and, and what to do. And he, he said, um, and this was, you know, 22 years ago. And I remember what he said. He goes, Adam, get on stage. He was like, how, how many times are you performing a month? And I'm like, to performing a month, like two or three times. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no. you got, he goes, he goes, you're only going to get better if you, if you, you got to get up on stage. And it was, you know, that, so a lot of the learning uh, comes from like what Mike said, like it's, it's getting on stage, just getting on stage nonstop. Um, and um, yeah, like I said, to this day, I'm grateful. And that, and when people ask that question, that's, that's, I, there were so many times I was off on, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. And, and even at the moth, when I would do well, like, it was like, how can I do better? And, and, you know, what didn't work? So a lot of it is like, but 
you know, you can write, read books, this and that, go on the internet, you gotta get up on stage. You can, you gotta get up on stage because what it becomes for me, that's why I always say like, number one, you gotta connect to the audience. I mean, if you wanna be a really good performer, a really good storyteller, you gotta connect to this. They gotta relate to you in some way. And, um, you know, whether the ending's too long, whether you're going on and on and on, which I'm kind of doing right now, like, like stop, you know, so just finding these things out, um, sometimes taking, it takes longer than it should. But um, I think that, I think working really hard on stories, trying to edit, you know, seeing what works, speaking from the heart, um, you know, stuff like that, evolving, you know, constantly evolving. I was very much a caricature of myself for many years. I used to have a guitar, which was like a shield. I get rid of the guitar because I was awful. Imagine this voice singing. So it was like a lot of that type of thing, stuff, you know, but getting on stage, Mike Sweeney. Yeah. That's great, good. great advice. Well, it's also what, you know, with stand-up comedy, because some people are writing and writing and practicing and so forth. And you got to go there to see if you bomb or not, and then you learn from that and every day is fresh. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and you have hopefully like a less fear of bombing, you know what I mean? And you, and, and you think about who the audience was, if this was awful. I mean, the great, greatest thing with the moth is their audiences and it's trickled down into other storytelling shows that they have where they want you to succeed. They're not going to heckle you and they're, and they're listening, Margaret, they're actually listening. They're, they're, they're carefully listening to you because they're there to not to laugh. They might laugh, they might cry, but they're there to connect. They're there to connect. What does it feel like to be on the stage? It's unbelievable. I mean, I performed last night for about a hundred people in, in Beacon, New York. And um, I haven't done much. I've probably done five, five or six live shows. Most of them are class shows. Like I perform sometimes at my own classes show tell a short story. Um, and it, it, it's unbelievable. I can't, I, I still get nervous. I was nervous last night, not like, like crazy nervous, but I was definitely nervous. Uh, but you know, you get up there and you just start to, and, and, and the room is paying attention. They're laughing, they're crying, they're enjoying the stories. Uh, there's not a feeling I have not come close. I don't do drugs. I have a beer or two every once in a while, but there's no other feeling like that I've ever had in my life. You know, it, it's just, it's magic. It's really, really magic. So then, okay, so you've done the Moss. And now what's with Audible that you're doing? That's very- Yeah, successful. so if you go to audible.com slash Adam Wade. So basically um, people can remember you. your name, Adam Wade, and just, they can find yeah, you. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you ought to know Adam Wade. So um, yeah, I, I put together, it's a, uh, I mean, you know, you're a writer. So it, it's like a screen, it's, it's a movie for your ears. It's a biopic for your ears. It's a story of my life, how I get into storytelling. Um, you know, my journey from New Hampshire here, uh, from my family, stories about them. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's the best thing I've ever done. If you're an Audible subscriber, if you subscribe to Audible, it's free. You can download it for free. Um, if you're not, I think it's like $7.95. And it's, I, I mean, I, I worked on it for about two years straight. Um, and, it, it, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Uh, it has over 10,000 reviews. Jim doesn't like to say, I say most of them are, are good, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, well, saw, people that the, like it really, really like it. Yeah. No, I saw, I saw the reviews and I, and your average is very high. Your average is like just South of five stars. So yeah, of course yeah, not, not yeah. everybody's going to like everything, but. No, no. And, and you know what? You don't want everybody to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
And so how did, how many episodes is it? it it's just one full, um, it's, they say it, it's like a audio podcast, but it's, it's, it's one two hour and 47 minute like podcast audio book. Like it's a kind of like an audio. I don't, I know we're not supposed to say kind of right. Uh, it's kind of an audio book, kind of an, a, a podcast. Well, we're not, we're not in class right now, so it's okay. You can say whatever. This is uh, my interview. So, and right, you said it took two years. How, um, what was your process in writing it? Well, I, I mean, at the time, the people that were at audible, they're no longer there. They're, they have other jobs. Um, but, uh, they helped me with it, you know, and, you know, I would throw them ideas and, and how I wanted to do it. And they would come back and the great thing, great thing working with audible was they didn't try, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they knew that. And they were really, I mean, very, very, very good producers. I was extremely fortunate. Um, so they, they helped me a lot with it. Um, and then what we did was, um, it's geared towards me performing live because I'm at the best when I'm performing live. So we recorded many of the stories. And then I went into uh, Newark, New Jersey, where Audible is located on this, wow. this coast. And um, I recorded at their studios the audio stuff. So, the, I mean, talk about when, when we've taught optimum audio. I mean, it, like the audio there is like, like butter. It's nice. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, um, it's pro. I mean, it's they're they're like. Oh yeah, the guy that designed their studios is the same guy that designed the original Electric Ladyland studios. So I mean, I got to perform in that. You know, I mean, it, it was just like when you talk about quiet, it was like quiet on quiet on quiet. Like it yeah. was like wow. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was really wonderful. And those are almost like interstitials in between the stories. The way the way we did it, I mean, it, it came out like uh, like, and then with some music and um, Chris Takis, who lives in Weehawken, did a lot of the editing and the sound stuff. He did a terrific job. Shout out to Chris. Um, so yeah, where's where's Weehawken? Weehawken is a little north of. Uh, if I, it's almost like it goes from like Jersey City, then there's like Hoboken, and then there's Weehawken. Okay, and and then like I, way up here is Fairview, where I live, like way way up. So did you pitch them an idea or how did you get on Audible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I spoke with them um, about, about doing something. Uh, they were interested. They had heard my, my first album. Um, they didn't know I had a second album. I sent that to them because uh, I, I did that. I did the first one with Comedy Dynamics, who uh, they produce a lot of the Netflix specials, a lot of the comedy specials. Uh, the second one I wanted to do on my own. I wanted full control. So uh, I did live, it's called Live at the Magnet Theater. And I taped that at the school I teach it. Uh, we recorded it there. And uh, Paul from The Moth, who's recorded many of The Moth, the great Moth shows was uh, my engineer for that. Um, but I, I, I self-produced that and it came out really good as well, fortunately. Um, and so when Audible, you know, is this guy a one trick, you know, one hit wonder. And then when I sent them the second album and they listened to it, they, they were very interested in uh, putting this thing together. So it was a, it was a big break, but it was, it was timing. I was ready. You know, I, it's like, you know, when they approached, I was ready. And um, so they approached you yeah. or you, you uh, pitched them cold. You said when they, approached I had, them. I had someone to, someone to connect me to them. Yeah. Okay. That's but it wasn't an agent. It was a friend. It was a good friend. Yeah. Right. Well, that, it seems like, you know, as we've been uh, learning from the pros, it seems like that's how some things happen. Sometimes you do have an agent. Sometimes you're somebody, you know, rich, famous person's uh, child. You get that in that way. But other times people get things because of who they know and they get along with people and 
doors open. There are just so many different ways to make it, you know, to make your projects. That's why it pays to be nice. That's why it pays to be nice. Well, what are some, I know, I mean, there's not a class, but what are some basic concepts that people can take away about storytelling, how to structure a story, basically? Have a beginning. I mean, I, I, I sound sarcastic here, but I mean it. Have some type of beginning, have some type of middle and know when to end it and have an ending, have an ending and know when, and, you know, don't overdo it. Don't overdo the endings. And, and, and speak from here and speak from here and don't perform it, perform it. Just be you. What, what people have in these classes are, is, is so beautiful and, and they embrace it. Cause for me, it took years to, to learn that I didn't have to be a caricature. I didn't have to talk behind a guitar in two weeks, one week, sometimes they're just getting up and they're talking and it, it's just, and they're being themselves, you know, and, and they're messing things up and they're messing up the endings. They're messing up the, and they don't care. And, and, and at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. They know the story. They're trying to deliver it the way they they've, they've worked on it and in an authentic way. And that that's, and to me, that's beautiful. There's, in, there's perfection and imperfection, Margaret, when it comes usually, to storytelling. And actually, okay. Valerie Drake, Valerie Joe Drake. Yes. Yes. She just posted a comment. She said, Adam's classes taught me more about being my authentic self than I even knew I was capable of exclamation point. And, and one of, one of easily one of my, I, I, I don't, I don't like to, it, it's not fair to say like top five top. She is a remarkable storyteller and, and she put the time in and she gets it. You know, she understands she, she, she just, yeah. I mean, and it's all from here when she tells her stories, I mean, just, Ta- oozing with talent, Valerie. Oozing with nice. talent. Well, yeah. Also, um, as I say that, you know, if you're teaching all these people these important lessons, then I'm sure your classes will go on for a while. I mean, do your classes get filled pretty quickly? Yes. Yes, they do. They do. Um, fortunately. All, all fortunately. Yeah. And she said, uh, Valerie said, thanks, Adam! Exclamation point. Yeah. Said that, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Valerie. <laughs> So people, I know you're doing a lot of different things. So people want to know what's going on. They go to adamwade.com. Adamwade.com. Need the hits. So all the information's there. All your main information. Yeah. Classes, uh, corporate. I do a lot of corporate uh, classes. Uh, you name it. One-on-ones. You name it. I'm okay. here. And then also link to your Audible and so forth. It's uh, audible.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Hello. Yeah. Let me know what you think. Email me at margaret at radiogirl.us. You can also call or text me at 716-202-TALK. That's 8255. And like the Radio Girl Facebook page. You can find out about who's coming up next, see pictures, listen to audio, and more.